Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Always is. I don't know any other accent. I'm sorry. What are you doing in my swamp? What are you doing in my swamp? That's I, not. I that's that's still not. I can't do it. You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. Hello and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, bringing you another question and answer episode today. And I got Martin, my roommate here, Yo. founder of uh, what Google, I think. Yeah, so, probably Google. Oh, oh, thank you. Um, now Polyglot.com, and uh, you're also a nerd because you build websites all day. Yeah, and magic decks. And we have a guest. Hey, mystery third. Person, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend Anna is joining us on this Q and A episode, and if you haven't listened to episode thirty-two, you can hear her story about how uh, she's going through the graphic design program here at Iowa State University. I don't know why I said here at because I'm no longer attending it, but I mean it either is here way in Ames. It is here in Ames. I guess it's in our current location. So, in case you don't know, every single month we do a Q and A episode where we take five reader questions that have been emailed to me. Answer them on the show while playing a video game. And what are we playing today? Lego Yo. Marvel Superheroes. This game looks bad. What? Don't ever say that again. <laughs> yeah, it's probably bad. It, lo- it looks terrible. Anyway. Ne- neither of you are my friends. Toby's not in this game, so I don't care about it. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Martin. Who's I need Mel- Toby. Where's Toby McGuire? Where's Mel Gibson? Where is Mel Gibson? Where in this game? Is Robert Downey Jr.? Just, we'll just Photoshop them in. All right. If you can do that, then this game gets a 10 out of 10 in my book. Anyway, before we get into those questions, if you want to have your questions answered on these podcasts, maybe a future installment, email them over to thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. Whether you want to know about studying, finding an apartment, uh, keeping more money in your bank account, or getting a job, whatever it may be, send those questions over. I'll get them answered for you, and we'll get them on the show. Resources of the week. Every single week, I want to bring you one resource a uh, tool that can improve your life and a learning resource to enlighten you. And my tool this week that I picked is called Ready for Zero. And it's a debt management tool where you can input your loans. And are you, you have a problem? You have a problem? You know what? Continue. You wanted to be on this. Continue. You wanted it. You're just like, when's he going to let me When's he gonna let me talk? You know, I was interested for a second because I got loans. And then now this is going on. Ain't nobody know what the Should tool just kept is. Going. You messed it up. Now we, okay, we need to know. Go. How am Jesus. I going to pay him off? Stop. <laughs> Tell me about Just them loans. Freaking continue. Them loans, though. So, Ready for Zero is a tool where you can basically input your loan data, and it helps you track how you're paying it off. It gives you motivation, gives you uh, information on how to pay them off faster. And I like it because there are two main ways of paying off debt that are pushed by personal finance personalities. One being the stack method and one being the snowball method. Ooh, the snowball method, you pay off the highest balance or the lowest balance first, sorry. And the uh, reason behind that is you get this emotional win when you pay off one and you pay it off faster. So good to go. The stack method, you pay off the lowest interest first, which you get less of an emotional win because it takes longer to pay off a loan. But with Ready for Zero, you get to see the line going down to zero and that emotional encouragement comes through anyway, even if you're using the mathematically better way to pay off your loan. So check it out. Links in the show notes. And the featured learning resource this week is the blog AsianEfficiency.com. And I got to give a shout out to Zach Sexton for sending me an Asian Efficiency t-shirt in the mail. Uh, thank you, Zach. But Asian Efficiency is a fantastic productivity blog. Check it out. They're also going to be starting a podcast pretty soon. So that'll be something to listen to when you aren't listening to this podcast. Alrighty, listener tip of the week. During every episode, I want to listen. I want to feature a listener tip from you. So if you've got a tip on studying better, managing your money, or getting jobs, send it over to my Twitter at Tom Frankly or email. And this week's tip comes from Simon Wallstrom, who's a reader from Sweden, I think. And he says that if you want to learn programming, 
Check out Harvard's course, CS50. It's an intro course that's free online, and you can learn C and some web programming and basic security and stuff. So I always love free learning resources. Check those out. Anyway, if you want to get new episodes of the College of Book Geek podcast delivered to you right when they come out, then subscribe on iTunes. When you do that, you'll get the show delivered directly to the device where you listen, and you'll also help the show climb the rankings. So if you want to find those subscribe links along with quotes and links to anything we talk about in this episode, sigpodcast.com is where you can find the show notes. Find the episode 33 link and you'll find all of that stuff. So anyway, let's get into the first question and start this game. I'm going to let you, you're going to handle the game. I can't do this. I don't know how to video game. Okay. That is, that's Board actually game. pretty true. He's pretty bad at games. Except for three, four. I'm good at DDR, Guitar Hero, and Towerful. You just, so you're a casual First of all, and you play Tower And Mario. That's what I got. And Super Meat Boy. And any uh, simple platformer. Fine. Get, those are good games. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not a pro at, like, Jerpages. Uh, what? Jerpages are the best, though. Yeah. They're not necessarily the best. They take, Jerpages. like, 9,000 million hours. Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger. J-R-P-G's. Jerpages. I think it's pronounced. It's a Japanese word, uh, and they totally, <laughs> they totally to say things like that. I'm going to let you play second player for now. Uh, I don't even... All right. Whatever. So man. I'm going to host this for a while, right? Yeah. You I'm guys gonna... can play this game. Okay, so what are you, Doctor Doom? I don't know uh, You can is. change who you are. I just need to remember. How I think I, you, like... I, I think you... I'll button... No, not that. Shoot. I think... Options? No. Uh, I don't know. What? Well, uh, no, you, out. like, hold O or something. I don't share? Remember. No. What? That, that is definitely... <laughs> that's the share button thing. Well... Oh, I found it. I found it. We're well, good. You guys We're good. are start the interface. I'm going to get into the first question here. And this one what comes from Anna. Let's try and go. You sent a question in? Yeah, that was me. Oh. Only one person in the world has my name, and that's me. Oh, okay. Well, true. thank you for the question. I didn't. Actually. Oh, Mystique is so cool. <laughs> okay, no, wait. So Anna's question that? is, do you have Trying any tips for how to oh, deal right. with bad professors? Which is ironic, because I've had to do that. Who here has had a bad professor? Uh, all my professors have been top-notch. That's not true. I wish I had group. <laughs> I want, I want so, I'm trying to think if I had a, if I ever had a bad professor... Because I've had classes where I've had to drop for other reasons, but I don't think I've ever had a bad professor. Um, I've tried to avoid bad professors in the past. So it also depends on how you define bad, like what portion of their professoring is bad. Yeah, that's so. That's a good thing. I oh, want. Yeah. I guess I want to start the answer off with uh, a question. Like, why do you think the professor is bad, and could it possibly be partly your fault? Because I know a lot of people say, oh, the professor's bad because they're difficult. You know, they, they assign difficult work. Well, if that's the case, it might just be that it's a challenging course. And a lot of people, not saying anyone listening to this, but a lot of people attribute difficulty in a course to bad teaching, when in fact it's just difficult material. And in that case, you kind of just need to... Suck it up. <laughs> suck it up and do the work. Um, that's not good advice. It, it kind of is good advice, but also like seek help if you need it. Go to office hours, get a tutor. Like if if it's hard, and you think the professor is bad for that reason, see what you can do to make yourself better at the class, and then maybe the professor won't seem so bad. So what what if they are, uh, quote unquote, bad for a different reason? So another reason would be maybe you can't understand them. Like if you guys ever had a professor where you like literally couldn't understand what they're saying dude i'm into languages yeah. that doesn't happen to me <laughs> yes that's happened to me yeah i had a i had a teacher that um his, his accent was just like so difficult for me to understand yeah but that, that just entertains me yeah i mean it's i guess the one simple thing is if a professor has a difficult accent the closer you sit to them the easier it will be to understand even if it's difficult to parse the words like reducing their if you're far away, then it's even harder to tell what they're saying. So mitigate that as you can. Don't worry, I'm just running people over. Um, so here's here's what I would say. Talk to people in the classes that you're going to be in in the future. Get an idea for who teaches those classes and then use Rate My Professors 
look at the site, figure out who the best professors are, and then do what you can to get into those classes. So you may not be able to do a whole lot to fix the situation with a bad professor right now, but you can take steps to make sure you're not going to get a bad professor in the future. And if you're diligent about making sure you sign up for classes at the right time and you figure out which professor is going to work the best for you, then you're likely to be in classes where you like the professor more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, if sometimes you, professors have all different teaching styles and sometimes a certain professor's teaching style will not be for you. And you just can't follow what they say. Um, figure out if there's another professor that teaches that class. And this is the advice that I've been given before, by the way. So if you're still early on in your schooling, like you're not like you're not like me where you're a senior in college and you don't have time to do this, drop the class and sign up for it again with a different professor. And they might have a different teaching style that just works better for you. Yeah, I agree with that. It really is. Yeah, everyone has a different learning style and different teaching style. Uh, and you read Pragmatic Thinking and Learning, right? Yes. So that's actually a really good book. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good book. You should read it. it it's good. Um, I think it's it's kind of pointed at programmers. It, at least it it's, is a it's little bit. Written by, I think it's written by the guy who wrote Pragmatic Programmer. Yes. But it's uh, that, you know, this book is actually pretty useful to anybody, even if you're not a programmer. One thing that really stuck out to me in that book is the description of the levels of expertise and um, how experts can actually be bad teachers. And the reason for this is that you when you're an expert, you essentially forget the steps required to do basic things. And you forget that basic things are even difficult or even require instruction to do because like you're on you're on like level 10, right? Like you're. You're like facing the final boss in Street Fighter and you forgot that like you have to actually learn how to block by holding back or something like you forgot that it's easy as it's as easy, easy as breathing to you now. But to a beginner, it's not. So some people who are experts, but who don't have instruction in teaching and who don't deliberately try to look at things through the eyes of a beginner will teach things as if they were trying to just do it themselves. And if a professor is like that, then you're going to want to look for somebody who actually has the qualifications to teach better, who actually can look at what you would need to learn as a beginner. So look out for that when you are taking classes. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Huh? I basically just I check, my rate my professor all the time because there, there have been a lot of times where I signed up for some classes that were my perfect schedule but then I checked out the teachers on Rate My Professor, and then somebody was like, this is the worst idea I've ever had in my life. So <laughs> I changed my schedule again because the perfect timing is not quite worth it all the time. But maybe it is sometimes. And may, what if the teacher's just a dick? What are you going to do? Sometimes yeah. that's life, you know? People um, aren't always going to be the best. That's so true. There's not really a good avoiding that. And I guess one thing I'll say about Rate My Professors is... Don't take one or two negative reviews to heart because how many people in like your high school classes were just clowns and did not appreciate the education at all. And they would just complain about the teacher all the time. That can happen in college, too. There's a lot of students that are there. They're maybe they don't care about their education. Maybe they're having it paid for and they're just like, oh, I want my degree, whatever. And any challenge presented to them is going to be something they don't like. So then they just automatically complain. Yeah, you, you're there gonna are people like to that. Filter through those reviews, yeah, and find the really informative ones. And actually, actually, the most important part of rate my professor is the chili pepper on the side of their rating. Oh yeah. So basically, make sure all your teachers are hot. All right, that's super hot. You can find it out. I date all my so teachers. So you owe it to yourself. To yeah, you're gonna date all of your <laughs> teachers. Your teachers are who you're dating for the next four years. So you better be careful. Ooh, are you Toby? Uh, I wish I could be Toby. Oh, no, you're I'm Iron Juggernaut. Man. I didn't even... I thought you were Toby for a second. I mean, I can be Toby. Is no, it, you're Robbie Downs. Is it actually Toby, okay. though? Is it actually Toby? I don't know. It's going to be Toby when I am. Also, <laughs> as another point, when you're talking about Rate My Professors and reviews not all being accurate, I had a teacher that had a lot of bad reviews, 
unrate my professor, but I stuck with the class anyway. And it turned out that that teacher was actually pretty okay. So it's it's all like I said before about. <laughs> so what we've learned here is that it's a roll of the dice no matter what. <laughs> eh. That is kind of how life works. Yeah. Oh, you can you can prioritize good reviews. So if yeah. you see somebody with good reviews, then try to get them. True. I actually and don't really use rate my, prof- my rate my professor at all. So I did always use it just because I wanted to collect as much me. information as possible to give myself all the advantages I could every semester, and it paid off. Um, I guess I've been blessed with pretty good teachers without having to check out and see if they're actually good. But yeah. I'm in design, so that's. Yeah, I don't think you're thing. likely to get terrible teachers all the time. But we should do uh, yeah, the odd, odds are there shouldn't be that many just ridiculously terrible teachers that wouldn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but you get, you get the one dude mission. with tenure. He's yeah. just like, all of you, you are peons. And I hey, am God. Hey, hey, you beat me <laughs> up. All right, so I'm going to move on to question number two. Hopefully we answer that question to uh, the best of our abilities. Uh, question number two is from Joel. Joel Rouch? Joel's here? I'm going to go to the pool. <laughs> Let's just uh, constantly just have inside jokes. That's good. Yeah. That's all Everyone, we're going to... Everyone's going to understand that. I would love to alienate the listeners. <laughs> we'll make a secret wiki where we explain every inside joke. That That'd be we, hilarious. That. That's a good idea. That's I, actually kind of a good idea. I wanted... You just show it to anyone who's like new to our friend group. Why do they keep saying Guam. Why is it, that's not a quantity? That is the oldest thing. I, even I thing. don't know that one. Wow, really? Why is that? Why is Martin so afraid of hippos? Okay, well, that's well, reasonable. That one I know. Everyone knows. I that. told my friend Andrew that everyone uh, should be afraid of hippos. You've appeased the hippos because you now work for them. Well, yeah. So that's the only way. We should. We should do a. I'm now working for the hippos. Martin, we should do a mission. I don't even know how to do that. That's come, I can't. Come I can't here, do that. Mission see, operations see secret arrow? alpha blue arrow on screen. Yeah. Okay. So what's the question? Joel's question. Uh, he says, I would really love to hear your thoughts on listening to music while studying. I really enjoy listening to down topo slash ambient stuff while studying, and I can't tell if it's distracting me, but I've heard some people argue that there should not be anything that could possibly disrupt your focus. I've gone back and forth in listening to music, and honestly, I can't tell if it is detrimental to my concentration. If anything, I think it's helped me focus for some periods All of time. Right. So what do you guys think? I love studying with music. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome as long as it you can focus with that music. Some types of music probably won't work, but like focus it will. Yeah. I use that a lot and it just it helps tremendously. That's uh focus at will dot com, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably. a cool site because that focus at will is a curated web app that um it's meant to play music to help you concentrate. Apparently they're like have neuroscientists on their team and they do all this research to figure out like exactly the kind of music that's conducive to studying. But honestly, I can study to a lot more than they put on that site. Like I really like studying to video game soundtracks. I can study to drum and bass. I can study to death metal as long as the lyrics aren't very. Still don't understand that. As long as I can't like hear what they're saying or if what they're saying is so stupid that it doesn't register as words. So all death metal. (laughs) <laughs> all death metal yes not all post hardcore because there's sung choruses and I can't do that and I, I guess there's a difference between studying and working because sometimes you have to just bang out a homework, a homework assignment right yeah. like oh, if I'm sitting there doing statistics homework or database homework that I could listen to anything with but if I'm reading a textbook or <laughs> trying to go over notes and like format them into a quiz probably not going to do well with the uh, Attila's rage alcoholics. <laughs> it it kind of depends on what kind of focus you're going for because there's like this super calm zen focus and then there there's there's this all right, we're about to take down a tiger with our bare hands focus. You're not going to be so zen when you're t- unless you're like a badass I monk, am. which is way cool. I always take down tigers with but my bare hands listening to You've been a badass monk this whole time? Yeah. Well, well that's you have cool. hair. But there's uh, this as a wig. <laughs> oh, okay. There's this kind of more aggressive focus that I once programmed for like twelve hours straight to finish up uh, some project listening to bats and they're I love bats. They're pretty ridiculous. I don't even know the genre. Wait, do you I'm guys mean kind of literally thing. bats? No, I mean I mean no, a band. A band called it's Bats great. in all That's caps. That's misleading. Uh, they're great. 
they're in love with wolves. It's very, very high energy. It's not something where I would study to it, because it would be way too high energy for just sitting around and reading calmly. But if you're being really active, like I was coding for 12 hours, I needed something to get me through, as if it was some crazy action movie where I was coding. Yeah. Hey, Martin. Yeah? Can you hand me my definitely kid-friendly family beverage? That's uh, this one, right? Yes. Cool.com. Thank you. you. Org. For my apple juice. I found that. Apple juice. Mixed with... Ethanol? Mixed with something. It's ethanol. It is. It is. Like gasoline. You got gas in I, there. I have some gas in there. No, it's like liquid bread. Can I, can that's I all it is. Can I get a squirt? It's just liquid bread that's Shout out to out Eric Andre. <laughs> Daddy needs his juice. What a good show. I feel like everyone I know listens to music, though, while they're studying. Not everyone, but, like... I guess it's different. I'm a designer, so we're, like, doing, like, hands-on work kind of and that it's, yeah it's, it's kind of a situation where it the music actually like motivates me it's like kind of a it, it sets a pace so i'm just like yeah i'm gonna do this design work yeah so i think it's all about you want to get into this flow state you have to do where circle on those you get things. lost in your work and you almost lose track of the time and different types of work have different uh, varying levels of difficulty to get into this state. And with studying, it's very difficult to get into it. So I think uh, you need to be calm. You need to have music that allows you to focus entirely on studying because you're trying to forge new connections in your brain and learn new facts. When you're working, you don't always know the exact procedure to do something, but you kind of have a rough idea and the music being high energy doesn't matter. So honestly, I think everyone has a different learning style. Everyone has different ways of focusing. That's you. It's different for everyone. I listen to stupid death metal while I work. You listen to Regina Spector while you work. Or bats. Or bats. You listen to Celtic Woman or Daft Punk. I haven't or... listened to... Actually, most of the time I listen to Journey these days or Govinda. Like... I haven't listened like, to Celtic Woman like for a while. Dad Rock Journey or the Journey oh, soundtrack? Oh, the Journey That's soundtrack. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's got, no, it's got to be Dad Rock Journey. The soundtrack oh, I'm gonna for to that later. the video game Journey, which is fantastic, and y'all should listen to it because it's great. You know, I would like Journey a lot better if, like, at the end, I'm just, like, marching forward and then separate ways just starts playing. Yeah. Or don't stop believing. That would be pretty. I think great. it'd be better Why didn't they put if that in the game? Uh, Shrek showed up at the end. You know, you got a point there. Uh, wow, you're Shrek a visionary. Inside of a transformer. Well, you know, every like everything should just have Shrek on it, or Shaq. And see, you're being the Hulk right now. You should be Shrek. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, so one other thing I'll say is. Over the summer, I curated a about a 150 song playlist, and it's all of my favorite study music. Um, it has a ton of different genres. There's post-rock, there's like ambient stuff, there's video game soundtracks, movie soundtracks, uh, anime soundtracks, some weird like Japanese music from Toho games. I don't even know, but it's all great. <laughs> and um, I focused on making it good for studying. So if you look in the show notes... You'll see a link to that study playlist, or if you're on any blog post, it's like the bottom floating sidebar link to the study playlist. So check that out. It's on YouTube, so it's free. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the music on there is from games and anime and stuff. It can't be on Spotify. Would love it if it could be, but it can't. But anyway, check that out. And let's move on to Alejandra's question, which is, uh, how can I learn to love a career that I don't want to be in? That's kind of a tough that, that answer. I'll answer that question with a question. Why do you want to? And that, yeah. that, that's a good that really, really depends on what the purpose is. Because I assume in some cases, there's not a good reason to make yourself love something. Yeah. So I want, I want to question the language on this one. Because she said, how do I learn to love a career that I don't want to be in? And in Cal Newport's book, So Good They Can't Ignore You... Uh, there's a, a study done where they ask people if they identify their job as a job, a career, or a calling. And these are all 
varying levels of commitment and uh, fulfillment they feel on their job and autonomy and things like that. And if you don't want to be in your job, then it's a job, I think. Yeah, that, would, you agree that, that? that would make sense. Yeah, like you're you're there it's just a job because I'll move on. At this point in time, you're qualified for it. You're making enough money off of it. It's what works for you right now. But if you don't love it, then it's I wouldn't call it a career. You probably wouldn't identify it as a career and you definitely wouldn't identify it as a calling. You don't feel drawn to it. You're just you're doing your job. But I think you can you can learn to like it depending on the situation. So it might be the, the case that you don't like it because it's not for you. But I think there's so much of this advice in the career space about you have to find your passion and you have to just identify what you love and go do it. And everything's going to be amazing forever. And just bunch, flowers bunch of, are going to bunch of hippies come out of the sky. Carly? The hippies are everywhere. <laughs> Everything is going to be all right. And that's just not how it is. Like you can't, you can't just dig inside your mind and go, Oh my gosh, my passion is brushing horses. I'm going to go do that. That's what I love. And I can do it right now. I mean, some people probably do that. If that can be your career, you might like it. So you should do it. But I don't think that most people can just pick a passion out of their head and then go do it. I think that you have to just find something you're interested in do a lot of work in it, get really good. And once you get good at it, you may find that it becomes a passion, but it doesn't get there overnight. And if you're in an area that maybe you were interested in at first and it's not feeling passion, you're not feeling passionate about it right now. It might be the fact that you're just in the beginner stages. You're in the putting in work stages and you have to keep working and moving forward to ever get to the point where it does feel like a passion. So really do a self audit. Ask yourself, was this something I was interested in? And do I not love it right now because it seems hard, because it seems boring and it seems like a slog? But I could see myself doing something in this space that I would really like in the future. If that's the case for you, keep working at it. Talk to people who are better. Get their perspectives. Try to increase your skills as best you can. And you may come to find that you do love it eventually. If that's not, then... Try to find a new thing that you can get interested in and start hustling on the side to gain some skills in that. But I don't think you should just say, okay, I'm going to leave this and try to transition to something without a plan because you don't have that career capital, that skill and that the connections and all those things built up to really transition. And you're going to find yourself in the same situation or you're going to find yourself in a situation where you can't sustain yourself anymore. So that's my uh, my spiel on that. Uh, I think I think you kind of I don't think you mentioned it very directly, but you brought up a good point about how you might like it later on. And a lot of that's because people people are very, I'm going to say, kind of narcissistic to a degree. We like things better when we're good at them. So if you get to the point where you start getting really good at it, you might like it more simply because it makes you feel good about yourself to be good at something. And that's that's very natural. I don't know of anybody who's really happy when they're not good at anything. It's true. It's it's fulfilling to be, yeah, you, to be skillful. Yeah, you feel better to have a skill. So you might just end up liking it that way. Maybe you're just too much of a beginner to really love it yet. Yeah. Uh, there, there are, like, several qualities that, men, that people in jobs want to cultivate. Autonomy, the feeling that you have control over your job, that you have the freedom to do things without being lorded over by a boss feeling uh, connected to other people in the job and feeling appreciated like your work actually matters and you're getting good feedback on it. Those are qualities that if you can cultivate, you're going to like your career a lot better, even if it's in an area that you don't really have interest in. So look at how you can increase all of those aspects of your job. But I think you also sort of, as you, as you keep working and you get more experience, you get a feel for the type of work that you are built for, I think. Like, when I yeah. was... Are you Toby? Look, Toby's on the screen. <laughs> and Hulk is in a tornado. It's definitely Toby. I can feel See, it. See, this is how the Avengers should have been. Spider-Man right there. In the middle. Well, saving everyone. You know, there's rumors that Spider-Man's no, going to be in the no, new there's one. There's not rumors that Toby's going to be in the new one, so... Well, I mean, what if he, what if cool. he was? Well, then I would watch it. Have either of you seen the, the video where it's like, 
Spider-Man's Avengers cameo. Yeah. And then yeah. it's just an animated GIF of him running across. If they did that in Avengers like, 2, legitimately. I found that the day I saw Avengers because the first thing I searched. <laughs> Spider-Man Avengers. Oh, man. I, I got off on a tangent there. I think this is what can, happens when we play video games. I think you can switch over to B. Um, um, him. Yeah. You press Y, don't you? Why? Oh, so I was saying so triangle. As as you work, you realize that yeah, there's I mean. there are types of work that you're built for, and I don't mean like specific jobs. I mean different types of value that you create. So when I was uh, an intern at the big financial company, I was in the IT department. My job was basically blocking websites on the firewall, maintaining things, and to me, it felt like a prison sentence. Uh, it, luckily, it had an expiration date, and you know I loved the coworkers; they were great. Uh, the mentors were great. Uh, it was it was a good job, but for me, maintaining IT software is not the right career because I've learned over the years that I need to create things. I need to write and and make podcasts and make videos and come up with new ideas and execute on them. And when you're in the infrastructure department uh, doing IT stuff, there's not a whole lot of room to do that. So as you keep working, try to notice what you get excited about. Do you get excited about maintaining things? Do you get excited about selling things, about presenting things other people have made, about supporting people, about being the front runner, being in the spotlight? There's all different kinds of value creation. And if you can pay attention to what really gets you excited, then you're going to be able to nudge yourself in the right direction in the future. Have either of you guys been in a career that you just don't love? Well, I don't know if I'd call it a career at that point. I've had jobs that I just don't love. Like what? Uh, Like desktop support, IT stuff. And I used to love it, to be fair. But I've found that what I need is to constantly be learning new things. So once I kind of figured out most of the stuff I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis, it was less entertaining. So there's, I mean, there's a ton to learn in IT support. So did you find that like the requirements of the job just didn't need you to keep learning? Well, I mean, of course there are going to be things that I didn't know. I'm I'm not going to say I know everything about IT in the world. But within what I what I had experience with, which was just basic IT support at like college environments, university environments, there wasn't a lot of really creative stuff going on that would challenge me. And if it was really crazy, somebody higher up would do it, not me. Okay. So it just stopped challenging me quite as much and I really need that. So there wasn't really a greater level for you to aspire to. Yeah, not without changing yeah. like jobs. And it, interesting, like because what you're doing now, there's so much more room for growth. There's a lot of room. It's because really web exciting. development is just so expansive. Oh, I see what I did there. So yeah, that that's something that I think you've been paying attention to. Yeah. Because you're you know, you're very deliberate about I I know that this is something I enjoy. This is the kind of value I like to create. I'm gonna go after that. And you did that, and now you're in a situation where you really like your job. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not necessarily about the actually what you're doing mm-hmm. day-to-day on the job. It's the overall feel of what you need from one. And what I need is constant learning. So I really like what I'm doing now. So go after that. So, Anna, you have not had a full-time career yet. Nope. But you've had an internship. Yes. And you're you're still working on campus. Mm-hmm. So have there been aspects of your job that just make you go, I really don't like what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, like certain projects, I'm just like, I don't want to be doing this. So how do you motivate yourself to keep going and not just quit? <laughs> uh, the fact that I'm helping someone create something that's going to help them get more business and that I'm basically helping them survive as a business is really fulfilling. So I just remember that and I'm like, they need this and I'm the only one who can do it. And that also makes me feel good. So, so you're, so you're actually looking beyond the fulfillment you get and you're, you're looking at the actual value you create. And sort well, of yeah, getting, that's getting kind of the satisfaction kind of from whole, that. Yeah. That's like a big part of design, honestly, okay. because you are creating something for someone else. And you really, good design can make or break someone's business. It really can. Hmm. So the fact that I am, and especially if it's like a new business that is opening, I haven't really had this experience, 
yet, but they are really, really just looking up to you and expecting a lot from you. And since they came to you, that means they think you're pretty darn good at whatever you're doing. So that's also fulfilling. So even if the the work is hard, you feel like it matters. Yeah. So there's more. And this is something that it kind of loops back to what you were talking about in our interview, the last mm-hmm. one, that you felt better about your third and fourth years of design because yeah. you felt like the work had a point. Yeah. You were actually doing projects for real world entities and businesses and things. And before that, it was just like, do this project for no reason. Yeah. Other than to learn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think those are some good tips. Um, I don't know if I have time to pull a book off the shelf now, but Josh, Josh Kaufman's book, The Personal MBA, highly recommend it. It's on my essential reads list. You should. Uh, if you don't want to go through it, like it's like 300, 400 pages, oh, but there's one section in it and it talks about, I think it's like 12 different types of value you can create because it's supposed to be an entire business education in one volume. So he, he goes over all the different value creation types and you can look at those and try to apply them to your career and just look at what kind of value you can create and what gets you excited and see if you can start transitioning towards that type of work, even in your particular space. It might not be possible, but maybe it is. Explore opportunities. Question number four. All right. Uh, This one's from Hannah. And she says, I was wondering if you had any study tips. Most websites talk about brainstorming or recording yourself, taking your notes out loud or reading your notes out loud and listening to that. However, I enjoy taking actual notes, but it can just be so time consuming. So do you have any other alternatives to this? Um, this was, <laughs> this one was written kind of weird. So um, I might've botched the way I read it, but I think the gist of it is, how can you take notes more quickly and how can you spend less time studying those notes? This is actually my main focus uh, right now with the content I'm creating. I'm doing a entire video series on note taking. The first one was published today as a, uh, as we're recording this published it today. And I want to teach people how to take better notes that let them learn things in class instead of having to study so much. So I have a lot to say on this, but first I'm going to ask you guys, what do you guys do to take notes? Like in class? Or do you? (laughs) Martin's got this smile like, what are these notes you speak of? (laughs) Do you? Like, do I like take notes in class? Yes. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. Do you have any like specific methods you use or? It depends on the teacher, again, because... Okay. What I find helps is if your teacher makes like PowerPoint presentations, like if this this is for electric class, if they make PowerPoint presentations and they make them available to you before the class, print them out and instead of try like without anything, you're going to be sitting there trying to like write down every single thing the teacher says because you don't have in front of you what they're teaching. But if you have everything that they're talking about on the slides in front of you, you can write down what they say about that slide. So mm. instead of writing down the things on the slide without having it in front of you, you're just you're writing down what they're actually teaching you instead of what they've already made available to you. Okay. Uh, that was kind of a... I wasn't describing it very well. Oh, so what you're talking about is... Um, I call it the ride on the slides method, but it's often called guided notes as well. And I yeah, actually, it's just uh, you write on the slides, basically. I actually have never really done that until recently but i think it helped okay i did it for one class uh briefly but my note-taking style was always the outline method i would just make bullet points and subheadings and throughout most of college i would just try to get the most detail down possible and i realize now that's not really the best way to go about it moreover you want to get the main points of the lecture down get the important ideas Anytime the professor says this is important or, uh, you know, highlights certain points, mark those down. And um, I was doing the research for this video. There's a note-taking method I discovered called the flow-based note system. And uh, Scott Young, dude who, like, went through the entire MIT computer science program in one year. And I'd love to have him on the podcast, so hopefully I can get that set up at some point. 
but he uh, he made this note-taking method and it's all about it's very messy it's all about this concept of holistic learning where every point of data every inf- every piece of information is a point and uh, it's it all connects in this really? big messy web of information that brings in things from different subjects and it, it models the way your mind works. It's like this messy web of neurons and they all make connections. And uh, this this method is made to help you learn while you take notes and you forge these connections in your brain while you're in class. That way you don't have to spend as much time studying later. Now, when you're in classes with a lot of detail, this can be sort of effective, but not you know perfectly effective because there's a lot of details and you can't get it all done in one lecture. So... You have to you have to ask yourself, can I find supplemental material to help out these notes since I wrote these notes uh, in a style that doesn't model exactly what the professor said? Do I have a textbook or or slides or supplemental materials that I can bring in reference, look at points that were said and then look at my notes and the conclusions I draw and combine those? If you don't, then you may want to adopt a style where. You're writing down more or less what was said, but you're trying to think about the connections. And I mean, it can be challenging and you may have to study a lot still, but there are ways that you can start being more efficient about the way you take notes. Uh, But you were smiling. So do you do any of this? Uh, There were times. (laughs) There were times when I took notes. The few classes that I did take notes in, uh, I took notes in statistics because I don't inherently believe I'm going to memorize formulas off the bat, so that's probably a good idea. And what I did to essentially amuse myself, this doesn't apply to everybody, unless you can find a way to make it do so. I took notes in Spanish in that class, so that it could... (laughs) Statistics notes? Yeah, so that it would entertain me while I was taking the notes and give me practice in two things, but that's not always going to apply, but um, most of the time... Yeah, because it gives me a dual purpose, and it's just much more fulfilling that way. Another thing that I've done is I used to take notes on my iPod Touch with a wireless keyboard. Okay. And just basically just write down everything, and the beauty of that, which I do go into detail in some article on your site from whenever, but the beauty is that you're typing on the wireless keyboard. You don't actually need to be looking at the screen to do this. So you can just only type while paying attention to class. You don't get distracted by what's on the screen. And since it's it was like an iPod Touch or a smartphone, I guess they can multitask now to a degree. But in general, you probably just have one thing on the screen at a time. So you're not, you don't have Facebook open because you're in the note-taking screen. You're in Evernote. Yeah. So you're not as likely to switch out all the time. Yeah, and so it's a good way to avoid distractions. Yeah, it was. Or very, you can just take notes on paper. <laughs> yeah, that eh, when I take notes on paper, I can't ever read them again. So the only way that I know what I said is I kind of memorize what I write. Okay. As I write it, which is another benefit. Yeah. Because you give that. your brain a second chance to think about it a little harder when you figure out how you want to word it on paper. Yeah, there, there's so much conflicting information out there about whether or not you should take notes on paper or a computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I was mostly on computer. Um, statistics was one of the few classes where I had to take notes on paper. And I think my statistics notes were probably the best notes I ever took. Man, they're being loud out there. Yep. Yep. What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. Well, you you get like six people in this podcast. Shut up. Nah, it's cool. I don't even know if it's picking it up. Um, yeah, I, I think the best notes I ever took were in statistics because I had to. Everything was very procedural and I, everything built upon the last thing. So I took that on paper. But some classes I was like, I can't, I can't take all this on paper. And in some classes, you can't really just get the main points of the lecture because they're quizzing you on minute details, like the fact-based classes. Yeah. But I like what you said about taking notes in Spanish. I had a similar thing I did. Um, it wasn't really dual purpose. It wasn't helping me in a secondary way, but this is the reason I cannot screenshot a lot of my notes is because when I was really bored, I would take profane notes. (laughs) (laughs) I would rewrite things with like swear words and like say things in really stupid ways and just kept my mind active in class. And I'd go back and I'd be like, I know what this means. Like... (laughs) I may have written, like, these dudes be tripping or something, but I know exactly what it meant. Uh, And it just made me more entertained, so... Yeah, and you you could also, like, 
if you're really creative, you could try to make it kind of story-esque or just do anything yeah. to make your notes entertaining at the same time, and you'll you probably are... keep taking them. <laughs> way went way more in depth. I think this I like I ever <laughs> I just take notes. Sometimes I doodle, but I don't know. Normal if that's notes really don't a good help me do. a lot. Yeah. So here's uh, a distinction I want to make. I want to make a video about this actually, but I'll I'll talk about it briefly here. Uh, when you're in class and you're trying to take notes, if you try to write down everything the professor says, like your brain can process one thing or another. It can either process the concepts and the information that's being presented and try to learn it, or your brain can essentially become a dictation machine and process the individual symbols that make up the words and say, okay, this is an A, write an A down. And this is an L, write an L down. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That's so far and so forth. So when you're trying to just transcribe everything that's written in lecture, you're devoting a lot of mental energy to just getting it down on the paper. And that means yeah, you have to go learn it say. from scratch again later. So yeah, that's what I was kind of trying to get at before. Yeah. Because if you, if you're like trying to write down, it's like, like, that's why I suggested printing out the notes. If, cause they're reading, they're basically part of their teaching is reading the notes that, mm. that they have made for you. But if you don't have those, you're trying to write everything that they're saying down and then you don't really learn anything yeah. because you're focusing on trying to write down what they're saying, but you're not, you're not really listening to what they're saying. Yeah. You're just, you're just listening to the, the words themselves, yeah. like the syllables and you're, you're mentally translating to, to letters and, and sentences. Mm. Uh, it's the semantics, it's the syntax. You're looking at the syntax, but you're not looking at the meaning. So uh, those are some ways that you can take notes better. Um, for studying them later, you can create mind maps. You can use Anki or another space repetition software to study them more efficiently. All those kind of things. I like scanning my notes into Evernote if I took them on paper, because then I can look at them on my phone, wherever I am. Uh, they become searchable. Very convenient. So assuming that your handwriting is good enough for them to become searchable. Yeah. Mine was like on the verge. My, my handwriting has become vastly better over the years. I don't really know how, but... When I was a freshman and sophomore, it was kind of terrible, so <laughs> not very good. All right, so we're going to move on to the fifth question. Uh, this one's from Renz, and this is kind of a philosophical question. And uh, they say, I started reading the four-hour work week and seven habits of highly effective people, both great books. And uh, I recognize much of the material from those in your blog. I've read them too, so <laughs> you probably see it there. Uh, the question is, what traits do you want to have? For example, I want to have a uh, big horizon. I want to be happy and always uh, have integrity in what I do. So what are your traits and goals that you're trying to cultivate? This is not really a college question. I think it's more of just a question of like what you overall want for your life. Yeah. And I thought it would just be kind of cool to riff on. So uh, the way I answer that is... I have a lot of goals, a lot of goals that I want to achieve eventually, a lot of attributes I want to cultivate. Um, but if I had to boil it down to just a few, it would be number one, to always seek truth, stay curious, try to further make accurate the map that is my mind to, to map out the territory of reality, to oh, learn yeah. more all the time. Number two, to be happy as much as possible. And number three, to make others happy. Honestly, I think that is really like the highest thing we can do is to just try to make as many people happy as we can. Uh, myself, because I think you need to pay yourself. You need to be happy in order to make in order to make other people's ha people happy. And then you want to make other people happy, obviously. So it's pretty simple. Um, and I, I kind of like put those values into what I do, what I create the goals I try to achieve and the plans I make for the future. And beyond that, uh, the highest level, the, I guess those, that is the highest level, but the second highest level is my impossible list where I keep everything I want to do with my life in goal form listed down there, pick things to focus on a few at a time and move toward it. So I don't know. What are your, uh, let's get philosophical here. What are your traits you're trying to cultivate guys? Who's ready for I don't the deep know. Question. It's tough because I'm still trying to figure out kind of like what I want. I want 
Can I repeat the question again? I was playing this. It's basically, it's kind of a tough question. Like, what traits do you want to cultivate in yourself? Like, what kind of person do you want to be? Oh. What qualities do you want to, like, bring up in yourself, I guess? So, like, you heard mine, right? What? You heard mine, right? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, basically, um, what I want out of myself is to be, to a large degree, a good role model, particularly for my siblings, but for people in general, because I, I want to accomplish the things that make me happiest and I want to help the people around me do the same thing. And sometimes people need inspiration in order to do that and they need advice. So that's why I made Polyglot because I want to help people learn language because that's something that makes me very happy. This is the worst game. And I want to be a, a just, I want to be a good role model. I want it to be so that if every person on earth did similar things to me, that the world would be a good place. And that's how I'll know that what I'm doing is good. That's actually very similar to something that Kant once said, Immanuel Kant. But to a secondary degree, the literal traits that I want to have are like being very peaceful, doing things I really care about. Um, there was this journalist, I think it was a journalist, who somewhat jokingly, I assume at the time, asked 50 Cent to be his life coach. And then it actually, like 50 Cent had him do this really cool exercise and it turned it out. It turned out being a really good experience because Fifty Cent's a genius. Who are you kidding? But <laughs> the thing he had the guy, the journalist do. Fifty Cent told him to do was go to uh, like make a folder of images or something, or use a Pinterest board. I suppose with your newfangled technology, you whippersnappers. Pinterest. And just make it. Get an image board or an image collection. Just get them off Google of what you want your life to represent. You should. You should leave that area. I'll work on it and then okay. so you get these images and it represents your future it represents your whole life for some people that's a house and pictures of babies and pictures some for some people it's pictures of travel for me it was pictures of traveling and meditation and just some just video games having fun and things like that and that exercise will really help you figure out what you want out of life so that you can take steps to achieve it because if yeah. you don't take steps how are you going to achieve it? It's it's incredibly important. So for people who aren't quite sure about what traits they want to have in life, I really suggest doing this kind of thing. And 50 Cent went a step further, and he told the journalist to have his girlfriend do it so that they could then take their boards, take the things that matched up, put them on a singular board, and say, this is where we agree on life. And then look at what was left on each other's boards, because that's the stuff, if you're going to be together, that you're going to have to live with and compromise on. Otherwise, you're making them sacrifice part of what they want. That's just really deep, because, like I said, 50 Cent is a genius. <laughs> He's pretty smart. Pretty good idea. It actually is pretty smart. It, it's it's great. But, yeah. And yeah, I, I guess I would it. say... That's all I got right now. No, that was really good. I like, try. That was, that was better than mine. Uh. I guess I would say... Uh, as, like, a subtopic under Be Happy, it would be, you know, a very big value would be to, uh, you know, have common values and have good relationships with uh, with you, Anna, and with all my friends. And I guess just be yeah. on the same page in several different areas and just have be in relationships that make me a better person and where I can make them a better person and make them happy. Yeah, that's 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 really important, too, actually. And. I want to be a person who doesn't ever leave my friends behind. I don't want to be the stereotypical middle-aged married couple that only hangs out with each other, you know, because yeah. you've lost all your friends. That's a really good trait to have. Have friends. Is that How can I say that as a trait? I don't know. But there's just a lot of good stuff to aim for in life. So, yeah, you're, like, bringing up, you're like bringing up values I haven't thought about in a while. But that, that is one. Like, I don't want to settle... I don't want to rest on my laurels. I want to keep creating cool things. And I want to stay in a situation where I can, I can be near friends and I can see them and I don't, I don't want to leave them. It's why I want to get a house with you guys. I don't want to just go off and be like, Oh, look, I'm done with that part of my life. No, it's brilliant. You now I just... will watch Breaking Bad and come home from work. Ah, you don't, you don't want to just do that. You want to yell, you want to yell upstairs and say, Hey, let's, let's play magic. Because it's fun. No matter what age you're at, you don't want to give up friends because 
I don't know. That's one of the biggest points yeah. of life, I think. It challenges you to question who you are on a daily basis when mm-hmm. you're forced to interact with others. I suppose th- there's one I want to add, and it's to... I guess I said, like, always seek truth and try to map my, you know, bring the map closer to the territory. But one I didn't say, which I do really hold dear, is to progress and always be moving forward and always be challenging myself. Uh, scary. I guess I just, I see life as a journey that can't be over because the only end is death. And when you, if you think it's over before that, then the only end is bitterness. If you think you're done learning, if you think you're done progressing and discovering, then all that's left is to become bitter. So I guess one of the traits I want to cultivate in myself is just a spirit of discovery and curiosity and uh, just the drive to move forward and learn new things and create new things and become a better version of myself every day. Become a stronger version of myself, as Elliot Hulse would say. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really good thing to bring up. I mean, it's also super dark sounding. Before you think about it, it's also... <laughs> the only end is bitterness. I am a shadow. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is the, <laughs> but the end but is it's bitterness actually if like, you let it end. Yeah. Like if you say it's ended, it, it yeah, never has to end. So it's it's a great point. You shouldn't ever let yourself just give up on that kind of thing because there's so much you can lose out on. Yeah. I like that. But I, I am a shadow. You have any... Like, uh, I can't follow that. Any <laughs> philosophical bombs to drop on us before we close this episode out? Uh, <laughs> I, I really feel like I can't follow <laughs> What'd he say? Here, here. I agree. Aye, aye. <laughs> aye, aye. Takes that's, another drink. All in favor, say aye. I but, totally wish um, this game. I'm stuck. I guess I'm always just trying... To make myself better at what I do. That's like, it's like the lamest thing I could have possibly said. That's okay. No, it is. So, like, I mean, do you do you have any things you want to bring up in yourself that benefit other people? Like, is that a value? Mm, what do you mean? Because if you just say, I, I want to get better, you know, I want to progress and be better. Like, do you have a value that goes beyond yourself? So there are these uh, well, I mean, these stages of self-actualization where like stage stage zero or one with zero is like you don't care about anything. And then one, you care about yourself. You want to benefit yourself. And then two, you care about benefiting other people. And like the, the, it's, a, it's a very I common stage. It's a very common progression in most people's journeys because, you know, you're a kid, you're very carefree. You become a teenager who listens to My Chemical Romance and <laughs> plays Grand Theft Auto and tells his dad that he's old and doesn't get it. Uh, <laughs> and don't, then you just don't start understand. getting some goals. You you know you get a job. You find a girlfriend. You're like, hey, I'm doing good. And then you realize, hmm, maybe I should think about some other people that I could help out. Well, I mean, I do that with my design. I was saying that earlier, yeah. wasn't I? Yeah, you were. Um. So feel free to I communicate also, that. Yeah, I also have this value where I try to be nice to everyone that I've never met and because you never know like who who knows who like the other day um I was talking to someone that I know in one of my classes and I found out that they know like Rahima and they know Vicky and Shelby and I was like what you're like the last person I associate it is it's a small world and um, especially when you're like looking for jobs, you never know who's connected to who. So I've kind of made it a value to be kind and courteous to everyone that I meet, even if I don't like that person. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of something you said the other day, where you were like, "I want to be, I want to be a Joel, not not Joel Roush, but Joel." Uh, I want to be Joel Roush. I'm just oh, kidding. I don't want to. I want to be in the pool all the time. Day. No, but I was talking about my my friend uh, Joel Zaslowski. I think it's Zaslowski. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, You're just I'm like glitched. stuck here. I, yeah, I'm stuck. I glitched the game. I can't. Oh, move. But he ran, he runs. Uh, I think it's valueofsimple.com. And I oh, met him at WDS World Domination Summit. And Joel is just one of those guys or girls. You know, it's just one of those people who really cares. Like. There are oh, nice sorry. people, but then there are people you meet where they're, like, super nice, and you just 
get the feeling that they're really listening to you when they talk and they actually give a crap about what you're saying and they want they want to help you and they want to learn about you and they're just they're very deliberate and and being nice and i think the other day you told me like i want to be like that i it's i want so, to be like joel so, I, yeah it's hard for me though i don't know i know it's hard because you know it's 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 difficult like you have it takes effort to put care into a new person every time you meet them like especially when you're meeting a lot of people but it's it's definitely a good value to have <laughs> You guys are. I, on the other hand, just killed somebody trying to help me. So, (laughs) you guys are having a ball. I'm just spamming. Who is this thing? Me. I'm stuck. I glitched glitched, the game. And I'm trying to, like, kill him so that he can, like, respond to I will not let her kill me. This is my fate. (laughs) We can't progress unless you get unstuck. (laughs) You know what? The thing doesn't care about progression right now. The thing's not feeling that deep and philosophical, so he just wants to hit things. <laughs> but but anyway, back to what we were talking about. This is the only podcast where we talk about college tips, then get real philosophical, and then you know you know what I've also stuck in a wall. you know what I've also put effort into throughout my life hmm. is that if I see someone. <sighs> This is especially true on the internet. If I see someone who is bashing on someone else, I see, like, someone below that that's like, wow, you're a jerk, you're... And they're being just as much of a jerk calling that person a jerk, and they're both jerks. I have made an effort to completely... Like, even if I want to say something that's like, wow, you're being super hypocritical, blah, 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 you're a terrible person, I always resist that because it's going to make me no better than those people who are doing that. Even if, like, don't think... Ugh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. So don't bully the so, bully? Yeah. Basically. Like, okay, so I see this all the freaking time in YouTube comments. YouTube comments. <laughs> Which is, like, the worst place <laughs> in the world, by the way. Don't ever go there. It's that's, like That's the like number this, one college tip. It's like the cesspool of the world. It depends but, on the video. I know, but most of the time, it freaking just is makes you hate the world but (laughs) someone will be like about the person in the video wow this person is so stupid why would they make a video like this blah i'm just making an example and people are usually way worse than that and they swear and use bad language and whatever then there's the next person who's just like wow you're such an idiot for saying that because this person's awesome and you're a terrible person and i'm like Y'all are hypocritical, but I refrain from saying it because it's going to make me no better than them. And that's the case in real life, too. So. Golden rule, man. All right. I'm about ready to wrap this up unless you have any, uh, guess have any additional things to sorry. throw in the pot. I got sorry nothing. That, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm stuck. sorry that I, can't that I was here. not very insightful on that last no, question. No, it was good. I thought it was good. I just try to be a good person. All right. Well. Those are our five questions. The thing is done. <laughs> the thing. The thing is still the stuck. Thing yeah, the thing, thing is stuck. It's the still thing stuck. Wants an end. The thing. Need, <laughs> the only end for the thing is turning off the game. Please let it end. I feel like there's a way you can like kill yourself. I'm not. No. <laughs> the only end for the thing is bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> the only end is bitterness. The only end is bitterness. Like the night. Batman quotable for the. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. That, that's that's what you put on Twitter. If you tweet about this video, quote. The only, the only end is, it's better. It's great. They just completely mislead people as to what this episode is about. My parents are dead. Yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. Good episode. Good game. All right. So uh, if you got questions you want to have answered on another episode like this, email them in to me, Thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. And you can get the show notes for this episode with things we linked to. I know I mentioned a couple of books, a couple of tools, note-taking methods, uh, things I'm creating, note-taking videos. So those will be linked up in the show notes over at sigpodcast.com, C-I-G-podcast.com, episode number 33. And if you want to get every new episode that comes out every single Monday onto your device, then subscribe in iTunes. Helps bring the show up in the rankings, and if you want to be super-duper awesome... Then leave a review and rating on iTunes. Uh, recently, my friend Steven over at Unstuckable left a review, and he just says, want to get more out of your college experience? Start listening to Thomas the Tank Engine. I may have changed that name. Okay, right I, mean, now. I thought somebody else came up with that, too. I was going to be really excited. <laughs> this guy has a wealth of productivity information for college students. Well, thank you, Steven. I tried to be a wealth. Uh, maybe I'm like a little water fountain. It's like sort of broken. 
but you still get a little bit out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're a little cherub. You're just spitting out a little bit. You're spitting out knowledge, little cherub, man. This is the first episode I made a fart noise on. I've made it 33 episodes. Wow, well, now it's now it's downhill. I broke the streak. It's, it's downhill all downhill now. from here. Here it goes. The only end. It's not, though. <laughs> it's not. I'm really excited about a couple of the interviews which are coming out in the next couple of weeks. So subscribe. Stay tuned for that stuff. And until then, stay cute. <laughs> Adios, y'all. See ya. I have nothing clever. Bah. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.